Breaking right now, great to have you all here. We have potentially some pretty explosive evidence coming to us from James Comer at the House Oversight Committee right now that suggests there was some kind of regular direct deposit going on from Hunter Biden's LLC, which apparently got millions out of China and was putting money into dad's account on a monthly basis. So this could be a kind of checkmate, say, some Republicans, if this all pans out. Now, the Democrats will say, oh, it was just a car loan, nothing to see here. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's a lot of money. We're talking like 24 million bucks that is alleged to have been made from all these foreign entities, and in some cases, as one bank regulator apparently has said in this discovery process, there was no services rendered for any of this stuff. So pretty amazing, right? We're going to talk all about that. Plus, new poll. New poll shows that Donald Trump is doing pretty darn well, and by not to have something to fear. Something pretty serious to fear. But, you know, it's not that hard to explain when you think about what's going on in our economy, when you think about what's going on overseas, when you think about what's going on at our border. I want to show you some video that has just come in. This is courtesy of our friends over at Gravy. And this is video taken in California of primarily Chinese military-age men that are trying to get across the border. So I've got more of that I want to show you and we got to talk about because that's, well, that's kind of strange, right? It's not exactly who you think of coming to the border. So we're on that. Plus, Fox is uh, getting some negativity around it again after it cut away from a Trump rally over the weekend and started saying, oh, you know, everything he said wasn't true, et cetera, et cetera. I have a feeling this has a little something, just a little something to do with Smartmatic and the $2.7 billion lawsuit. Those are big numbers, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, they already paid nearly a billion anyway to Dominion. It could just have a little something to do with it. It may also just be that, you know what, Fox is just not Fox anymore. Anyway, we will talk about that. Plus, Spotify cutting 17% of its workforce. And here we are as we look at what's going on in the Middle East. I have a question. Can we really trust the people in government right now? How do we know what their biases? I mean, a lot of them tell us, right? Rashida has definitely told us. Ilhan Omar has definitely told us. But what about the people that aren't telling us? Because there's now a big investigation into a former U.S. ambassador to Cuba that now the U.S. is accusing of being effectively a spy for Cuba. It was all down there, all through Latin America. Well, how many others in the deep state, I'd like to know, are like that? We're brought to you, as always, by LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com, 1-866-589-0560. You may have seen Charles on the show on Friday. We're going to release some clips because guess what? We've got gold. It was like an all-time high here today. I guess he gave us a little preview. He he said it was going up when we spoke on Friday. But again, um, one wouldn't have expected levels quite like this. So you get gold soaring to, I believe this is an all-time high. Pretty incredible. And then you've got Bitcoin, by the way. Bitcoin also trading higher back at 2021 levels. Gold, I should qualify this, by the way. This was sort of overnight, right? It's actually down Ever so slightly. So when I woke up early, early, early this morning, we were at some $2,100. Um, so touching that new high above 2100 I believe. And now we're at 
2048. Not bad though, not too shabby. Good to have you guys here. I want to remind you that this is a live show. You are watching the Trish Regan Show live, and so that means I can see all your comments, which I'm going to take a look at periodically throughout. You know the drill. We kind of interact as we go here. Um, thank you, Don. Reminding everybody to smash the like buttons. Thank you so much. Yes, guys, do me that favor. If you haven't already subscribed and you're just tuning in for the first time, please subscribe. Make sure you hit a like button. Join the chat. Make sure when this is all said and done, if you go underneath and you know weigh in, you can continue some of the commentary there. It all helps. Every little bit helps. This is all just me here organically with you. No marketing efforts, nothing. Just, you know, we're doing our thing. Anyway, I want to go to Comar because this is rather um, significant stuff. Let's pull this up for you because James Comer, who is like, you know, a dog with a bone, my goodness, he's like Biden's worst nightmare. He has been trying to gather as much evidence as, as he possibly can And now he's making the point that thanks to these new bank records, they may really have something pretty substantial here. Of course, the big question becomes, can they can they actually get enough people to sign off on an impeachment? This might have gotten to the tipping point, I mean, because this is pretty significant. Again, I'm going to play this for you. And I think it's worth just sort of understanding here what really is at stake. I mean, this is the Biden presidency. And by the way, presidency, be careful what you wish for, right? Be careful what you wish for, because my gosh darn it, if they're successful, that does mean we're going to be looking at, I believe, Kamala Harris as our vice president. So that would not necessarily be a good thing. (laughs) Anyway, let's go out to him right now. This is, I think I got it. Tell me, okay, let's go to Comer. There was an absolute wall between his official government duties and his family's influence peddling schemes. This was a lie. President Joe Biden claimed his family didn't receive money from China. This was a lie. President Joe Biden claimed he never spoke to his son, Hunter Biden, about the Biden's family's shady business dealings. This was a lie. Now, Hunter Biden's legal team and the White House's media allies claim Hunter's corporate entities never made payments directly to Joe Biden. We can officially add this latest talking point to the list of lies. Today, the House Oversight Committee is releasing subpoenaed bank records that show Hunter Biden's business entity, a Wasco PC made direct monthly payments to Joe Biden. This wasn't a payment from Hunter Biden's personal account, but an account for his corporation that received payments from China and other shady corners of the world. At this moment, wow. Hunter Biden is under an investigation by the Department of Justice for using a Wasco PC for tax evasion. A Wasco, that's the company to remember here, guys. And based on whistleblower testimony, we know the Justice Department made a concerted effort to prevent investigators from asking questions about Joe Biden. I wonder why. The more we learn, it appears the Justice Department was trying to cover up for the Bidens until brave IRS whistleblowers came forward and a federal judge rejected the sweetheart plea deal. Payments from Hunter's business entity to Joe Biden are now part of a pattern revealing Joe Biden knew about, participated in, and benefited from his family's influence peddling schemes. When Joe Biden was James like, Comer he spoke really up. coming out with some uh, explosive stuff there. My goodness, um, September 17th, 2018, October 15th, 2018, November 15th, 2018. So a succession of these payments, September, October, November, 
being received by Joe Biden's bank account. And it was coming from, according again to the House Oversight Committee, this company, Owasco, which, by the way, is being investigated by the Justice Department for tax violations. Tax violations because, oh, I don't know. You know what? Like, if you're going to do a whole bunch of foreign lobbying and make some 24 million bucks as it is alleged off of that foreign lobbying, you might want to pay your taxes. You might want to register as a foreign agent. Just saying, right? Just saying, just saying, just saying. Anyway, so all of these payments were going in. Now, it wasn't a ton of money. It looks like it was like some under 2000 bucks, but they were just sort of religious payments. And the the explanation will most likely be, of course, that, well, it was just, you know, Hunter paying off his car loan. It's all just like, you know, when Joe got that 40000 from his brother, he was just paying off a house loan. That didn't come from China. Well, not according to the Democrats, but according, according to James Comer, that $40,000 that somehow appeared in Joe Biden's account, he believes that that's also tied to China. That wasn't about a loan repayment, brother to bar- brother. That was about what's called the family business. Listen. Joe Biden benefited from his family's influence peddling scheme. Ah, do we have more? A little more? Joe Biden benefited ah, from his family's influence peddling scheme. Okay. Sorry, guys. I thought that one was a little bit longer. That was what you call a real short. Anyway, James Comer was actually on Fox a while back, uh, maybe about a month and a half ago or so, saying that this $40,000 repayment quote-unquote repayment was really not a repayment. This was money that was coming from China. So, like, all this stuff is starting to add up. Oh, I got the exact number. Those payments, those were loan payments for a truck, apparently, coming from Owasco and going into Dad's account, $1,380. Kind of just a weird number. They They get all kinds of weird stuff going on. I mean, how many different LLCs, how many different darn SARS did they get? SARS being the suspicious activity reports. I told you guys about that a while back. In other words, it's kind of troubling when you have 70-something SARS reports. Like, banks really just don't give them out that often. It might be a big deal if you had one or two. But to have 70-plus SARS reports, that's like a whole other league. And that's where Hunter Biden was residing, in that whole other league, literally, in more ways than one. So now you see James Comer who's just, as I mentioned earlier, like a dog with a bone. He's like, not going to let this rest, but kudos to him because you know what? This is complicated stuff. And tracking down these financial records, it's not easy. So he's going through all this and he's got to basically get all this stuff and he's got to get Treasury to give it. I mean, do you think Treasury's like willingly turning this stuff over? Is the White House willingly turning this stuff over? Are the banks willingly turning it over? It's not necessarily like he's got people cooperating, which is why this may have to progress to an actual impeachment. This is what you call an impeachment inquiry. So it's formal in that it's an inquiry. And the question is, does this actually help get it to the tipping point? I suspect there will be naysayers that say, oh, you know what? It was only 1200 and some odd dollars, 1280 They were truck repayments. We don't really care. But, you know, you combine this with everything else that was going on. 
according to the House Oversight Committee, $24 million is what they have uncovered coming from foreign nationals and going to various members of the Biden family through these LLCs. Who knew politics paid? Apparently it pays and it pays big. If you know the right people, that's a thinking here. So at this point, when these payments came through, Joe Biden was not in office. He was not vice president. He had not declared his campaign for the presidency. So this would have been, as I said, in fall of 2018. But we all knew what was happening, right? We all knew where this was going. I'll tell you, this is a big story. This is a big story. As much as they want to go after Trump for everything, it's amazing to me how they just look the other way. If it wasn't for a judge who was like, I don't think I can sign off on this. If it wasn't for a couple of people at the IRS who said, wait a second, this doesn't look right. You know what? We might not have even known any of this. And that's the way they wanted it. Don't forget what happened with Twitter. Don't forget what happened with Hunter Biden's laptop. That was just Russian misinformation. Remember, fed to you courtesy of Rudy Giuliani. That's what you wanted. They wanted you to think. And yet you unravel this thing and it gets pretty darn messy, does it not? I want to turn to a kind of has-been actor. I actually liked him in Meet the Fockers way back when, but now I can't really even watch it and feel the same or laugh the same because he's just stuffing all his politics down our throats every two seconds. I'm talking about Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro made a little appearance last night in New York City at the Gotham Awards, and you see his speech was so boring, literally so boring. He wanted to go on and on and on about Trump that the producers cut it from the teleprompter. Oh, well, he said, I still have to give my little speech on Trump. It is boring, I promise you. In fact, I said to my producers this morning, oh, my gosh. Like, as I was watching it, we got to cut this thing down. Man, is it boring. He is boring. And he's getting kind of senile. Anyway, here he is, Robert De Niro, at the Gotham Awards. He started by saying, you know, they cut this out. They cut this out. So I had to say it anyway. And he read and I'm just, I'm trying not to bore you. So I'm just showing you a little tiny bit, and then we're going to get to Donald Trump's response. Or we were. We could start on Donald Trump's response. How about that while I see if we can muster this one up for you? So this is, again, I told you it was a live show, right? Robert De Niro that he's responding to on Truth Social, guys. So he really did not like what Robert De Niro had to say. I'm not even saying the name right. Um, he, he didn't like it at all. And in some ways, you've got to say, like, what's Robert De Niro thinking? Like, why is he saying things like this? Because in a way, it's just sort of like punching in, in the wrong direction, I was going to say punching punch down, he's like punching up because the guy's the former president. But, you know, there used to be kind of a church and state thing between actors and entertainers and people, you know, in, in political office. It's just kind of a nicer way of doing things. So let me go back over here, guys, because I, I do want you to see this. This is pretty fascinating. Uh, Here we go. And like I said, I cut it down so you don't have to watch the whole thing like I did. The former president lied to us more than 30,000 times during his four... Thank you. (laughs) ...years in office. And he's keeping up the pace in his current campaign of retribution. But with all his lies, he can't hide his soul. Okay, Robert De Niro. So, like, it went on for for a while. But that was kind of the highlight. You know, he's taking aim at the president. And the president 
to came back. Here is former President Donald Trump on Truth Social, his platform. By the way, I'm over there, too, if you guys are on Truth Social. He writes, Robert De Niro, whose acting talents have greatly diminished with his reputation now shot, must even use a teleprompter for his foul and disgusting language. So disrespectful to our country, he has become unwatchable both in movies and with the fools that destroyed the Academy Awards, bringing them from one of the top shows in the country to a low-rated afterthought. De Niro should focus on his life, which is a mess. Sadly, unfortunately, it is. Uh, Rather than the lives of others, he has become a total loser as the world watches, waits, and laughs. I wonder what Robert De Niro thought of that. I think he probably wanted to get some kind of reaction. That's probably why he did it, I think. I mean, his life is a mess. That's very, very unfortunate. I mean, very, 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 very unfortunate stuff with his family. And Trump's not wrong to say, hey, you know, buddy, focus on yourself. I think that there's just some such rapidly political people out there right now where they just can't sort of, they've they've got that derangement syndrome. You've heard of Trump derangement syndrome, right? That is, in fact, what is infecting still a lot of people. And they're so worried and they're so worked up about what's coming in 2024 that they just really can't see straight. And yet, nonetheless, you know what? You look at the poll numbers. I got a brand new poll out to tell you about. And this one's very interesting, but you know, in some ways it doesn't come as a surprise. I was watching this little clip down in Georgia the other night. Who do you think is going to win this election? Trump. What about you, sir? Trump. Yep. And what about you, sir? Donald Trump. Ditto. Ditto. What about you? Same. You think Donald Trump's going to win? What about yes, you, sir, sir. I think so, too. So, of course, uh, we're in Georgia, and it's pretty much Trump country, so I'm not Wow. Okay, so... Th- That's kind of man-on-the-street stuff. So let me go to some data that just came in. This comes courtesy of DailyMail.com, which conducted a poll. And Donald Trump is leading Joe Biden in two of three of the closest swing states, the closest fought states that you can imagine. And this is just, you know, it's a year out, a year ahead of the election, but It's got to actually really freak out a lot of Democrats, which is perhaps why you see the likes of Robert De Niro going on and on about Trump like this. The former president lied to us more than 30,000 times during his four. Thank you. Yeah, you know, so so they're freaking out. They're they're like, wait a second. Oh, my gosh. How can this be? He's leading in a lot of polls. And it it makes sense because you think about where our economy is, where we are internationally, what's going on at the border, which I have more on in just a second. I want to get to that. But before I do, here we are with these numbers. Trump is five points ahead of Joe Biden in Arizona. He's three points up in Georgia. And in fact, the only place... It looks a little tight there. In fact, Biden is leading in Wisconsin. It would be Wisconsin, the cheese state. Five percentage points that Biden is leading his challenger by. And and it will be him. I mean, unless some crazy thing happens, I can't imagine that it's going to be anybody but him. As hard as many in the establishment are trying to make it not him, as, as hard as Fox would like to see Ron DeSantis be the guy. I don't think it's going to be Ron. You know, there's another poll out, by the way. I mean, Ron's like, woo, he just keeps falling like a rock, which I predicted. You know, nothing against the guy. I just knew that he didn't quite have the, the, the right touch, so to speak. 
and that he wouldn't succeed on a national stage the way he did in Florida. And I'm not, I'm not disputing what the guy did in Florida, especially during March 2020. Really, really important stuff. But he was no match for Donald Trump. And I, I did tell you that. I, I could have told you that. I did tell you that way back when. Anyway, looking at this right here, you've got Wisconsin that actually could be uh, more challenging for him. So this is important to pay attention to for the GOP right now. They really got to get their act together and make sure that they've got a plan in place. Little tough to do, considering that they haven't even fully backed Donald Trump to begin with, right? That's why you have all these debates going on. And there's another one. Some friends of mine over at News Nation, they get their little debate going on too this week. Everybody's got a debate, right? And and kudos to them. I, I, I like the fact that we can have these discussions and that policy is on the table. But the reality as well is that we have to at some point just recognize what it is that we're doing. And if nobody else is going to come out of nowhere, right, and take it from Trump, then why aren't you actually working with the hand that you've been dealt? And I think Republicans are really resistant. And there's a lot of sort of big money that, of course, is very, very, very resistant to that. But the poll numbers don't lie. Donald Trump is winning. At present, we are a year away. So anything can happen, as they say in politics. But we're a year away. And Donald Trump is leading in two of the three key swing states. And it's because, ladies and gentlemen, one, inflation, which is still off the charts. Two, a lousy economy. It's lousy. I'm sorry. And you know what? As much as Joe wants to tell us he brought inflation down, thank you very much. You're the guy who brought it up. Like we went up to 16% when you came into office. So sure, it's come down a little bit, but it's still not back where it was before you got there, buddy. And then you get the border situation and this video that I have to show you let's watch it together this just came in friends over at Grabian are posting this Grabian.com and this is just really something because they're pointing out that these are all Chinese men of military age in this video taken at the border people coming into this country there in California which is just saying a little bit peculiar a little odd So the reporter's just going down the line here. You see that. And you can see, yeah, they're mostly sort of middle-aged. And Gravian was making the point they were military-aged. Did you see a woman there? There's a few women in there. But it's it's a little odd. They're They're, you know, coming into the country, per this report, illegally. And it's a diverse group, mostly men, though. I mean, where are the women? Where are the little kids that they tell us are coming? I mean, so this is just perplexing, and we need more information on it. But, you know, this has been one of the concerns, that that China could send a lot of people here that may not have the... um, the interests that that we do. And the the other reality is that if you look at some of the numbers, and I looked at them mid-October, shortly after the October 7th event, and what you saw was that there were a lot of people that were actually coming into our border, our southern border, via Syria and via Afghanistan. So they were there were people that were on the known terror watch list at that point, and we're only a couple of weeks into the month, some 100 people that were on the known terror watch list, more than 100. So why is that? Like, why, why are we allowing that? Why is that ever allowed? And I think this is why when you look at some of these border states like Arizona, you see that Donald Trump is gaining, Biden is falling. Why? Well, 
because they've got a border problem. It shouldn't be that hard. A, a, a real problem. And yet, you know, the establishment does not want Trump to win. The establishment is ABT, anybody but Trump. He scares the heck out of them. And they're going to make sure by the time 2024 rolls around that he scares the heck out of you. They're going to play the clips over and over and over again. We think he's going to damage the world forever. He's going to put everyone in prison. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. He's going to be a dictator on steroids. You're going to hear a lot of that. And you're also going to hear it from a lot of people maybe that you wouldn't expect. One of the players in all this is Fox News. Now, Fox News has its own set of challenges, let's be honest. And and I have nothing, um, you know, too bad to say about them. Hey, I worked there for many years. But it's a very different place. And it's a very frightened place. People are very scared. And one of the reasons they're scared is because there was that lawsuit, Dominion, that they paid nearly a billion dollars to settle. I mean, you're talking $787 million, I think that was the number. That's a lot of money to have to settle. As a journalist, I don't love it, right? I don't love it because if people are just doing their jobs and they're reporting the news and they're trying to sink their teeth into something and you may not always be right, but sometimes it's just live on TV, right? And you're, you're asking questions and trying to learn. But what was of concern in the Dominion case was that there were records of management not really buying into what the allegations were that were being spread by Giuliani and Sidney Powell, et cetera, et cetera. And so if management didn't buy it and didn't believe it and thought it was all fake, well, then why would they allow the organization to keep hammering these points home? And that's where the $787 million came in. Because you can't just knowingly go on and report something that's false. And, and by the way, I don't think everybody did. I mean, there's some really good good folks there, Maria being one of them. And I don't think it's like she was saying, oh, gee, this is just good for ratings. But they had some evidence of other executives, et cetera, admitting that you know this was something else, right? So that's what they're worried about, which may help to explain this little number. Donald Trump speaking at a rally over the weekend and watch how quickly they cut away, and they and they also clarify some of the things that he was saying. Here we go. You had no trouble with North Korea, did you? No trouble whatsoever. Started a little bit rough, right? Rocket man, little rocket man. <laughs> he said, we've got a red button on my desk, he said. I said, I have a red button also, but mine's bigger, better, and it works. Mine works. <laughs> and then, no... Well, the former president finally got around to some campaign promises amid lots of cheering, as you heard. Many untruths. The 2020 election was not rigged. It was not stolen. But still, Trump is way ahead in the polls. And now to the man desperately trying to catch him. Let's listen to Governor Ron DeSantis. 90 minutes on national television to articulate conservative principles, to show how freedom works. You know, it's like, let's go to the man that's desperately trying to catch up. Let's go to the man that the GOP establishment desperately, desperately wants to win, who basically has no shot in H-E-L-L. Anyway, it's just interesting to see how there was that qualifier, what likely happened, and having been on 
that anchor desk myself, I'm imagining that someone freaked out. Someone said, oh, my gosh, she said that about the election. So she was immediately told in here, you got to dump out of this. You got to get out of this. So he's talking about Little Rocket Man. And she comes out and says, OK, blah, 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 blah. And that was I am pretty, pretty darn sure that that was a scripted. Here's what you got to say, which she said. And she has to say it because Smartmatic is now suing for $2.7 billion. Smartmatic filed that suit back in 2021, alleging that Fox um, basically participated in, um, or, or rather alleging that Fox took down the company, Smartmatic that is, because they were perpetuating this idea that somehow Smartmatic was working alongside Biden, et cetera, et cetera. And and in doing so was knowingly harming the company. And so they want $2.7 billion. Fox is like, hmm, nah, that's way too much money. But maybe it's not, considering the other one was $787 million. Just saying. Apparently they got money to get their insurance company. Must love them, right? So Fox is uh, in a bit of a pickle. And it's been in a bit of a challenge situation because, frankly, it doesn't have the right management there, which is something that shareholders are pointing out. So there's multiple shareholder lawsuits And they actually are citing the lack of management, or rather they're saying that management abdicated its responsibilities, its fiduciary responsibilities to shareholders by allowing this kind of chaos. So they have a point. I mean, if you've got management that can't manage and you have a lawyer who's making millions of bucks, guy who wrote the Patriot Act stuff for for Bush, he was there at the time. He's no longer. He got like big, a big, big golden parachute out, out the door. But if he's controlling this, so to speak, and yet all this stuff, if your head of legal is not really head of legal, like he's saying one thing, you got management saying another, you got some anchor saying something, and yet you're still putting stuff on the air that's very, very damaging to a company. Well, then you're going to run into challenges. By the way, you know what? Like, again, I say this as a journalist who doesn't ever want journalists in a position where they're being hindered. But if you're knowingly doing that, then yeah. I mean, like if a story's not true, you don't keep running with it just because it's waiting. Let me be very clear on that. Very, very clear. I know we all want ratings, right? Like we're all in business. But this is why Smartmatic or any of these companies has the ability to then go and sue for libel because it is beyond irresponsible to do that. I mean, hey, look, if you got a good story and it rates, like that's best case scenario, of course. (laughs) But you don't just do a story because it rates. And if they're able to prove that as uh, clearly they were scared of something there with Dominion, then that could actually be a real problem for for Fox. I mean, it's going to be a problem for insurance companies in the future. Who the heck's going to insure them? It's going to be a problem, I think, even for board members. I wonder like what their kind of liability is here. Paul Ryan, right? I'm talking about you. So the board members there. And then, of course, the shareholder lawsuits will come forward and go after the board. And that'll be interesting to see. So the future very much up in the air, which I feel bad about because, you know, there's still a lot of really good people there and they need the jobs and they earn their living there. And and I, I wish them all well. But it's it's sad to see how quickly an organization can deteriorate almost overnight. Speaking of organizations deteriorating, you may have seen the news that Spotify is laying off 1,700 people. 1,700 people because you see that whole bet on its podcasting hasn't really worked out the way they thought it would. I'm not surprised by that. I mean, hey, when you're paying, Ma- what's her name, Megan, Megan Markle and Harry some 20 million bucks for their podcast 
which was just awful. Like, I'm not even going to play you the clips I have in the past, but it's just awful. Like, trust me. It's so cringe. Clearly, like, she's reading a script. It's so sing-songy. It's just awful. The whole thing is just awful. And it's victim, victim, me, 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 me. Of course, you know, this new book is out alleging that there's there's some very uh, terrible people within the, I don't even want to say it, honestly, within the royal family. It's really just all so disgusting. It's like, you know what? You guys had your 20 minutes of fame. It's up. It's over. Move on. You got your 20 million bucks from Spotify. Move on. It didn't work. It didn't work because you're a phony. You're a fake. And people see right through it. In two seconds, right? The difference, consider that between like, say, Call Me Daddy, that one, or, or Joe Rogan's show. The authenticity that those shows embody the lack of scripts, frankly, I mean, like this one, right? There's no script here. And sometimes the sound bites don't come up on time as you've learned, but it's a live show. Dennis saying that I have hit the nail right on the head. Thank you so much. Uh, I, you know, that's what it's about, right? Authenticity, being able to communicate and understand your audience. And, and in the case of Spotify, they thought, okay, we're just going to go big on names. And it, it turns out like the names don't actually matter. The content matters. Imagine that. It's a whole new way to think about things. Names don't matter. Meghan Markle, Duchess of whatever, doesn't matter. Joe Rogan, who many people had never even heard of until, you know, he's getting 11 million downloads a day. I'm sure it's even higher right now. He's a big deal because people like hearing him. They like hearing his perspective. It's not predictable. It's not scripted. Thank you very much. So there's some symmetry there you know as we talk about fox and the challenges it faces which are sort of legal at this point but also just the business overall disney similar story you've heard me talk at length about that a billion dollars that they've lost in their last four movies reportedly that's a lot of money and now they've postponed that new snow white i mean they got to get their act together but when you're so obsessed with political correctness when you're so obsessed with trying to push an agenda as opposed to actually pushing the content and the authenticity of the content and understanding what it is that you know people like and not trying to be something else well then you're going to have a problem one more story we got to talk about this i'm really worried a few people have said this to me recently they said that they have grown very concerned about some of the people in our law enforcement right now. Some of the people, like this one. To my president, to our president. Yes, he's still our, well, hold on. I know, hey, I want him to know, as a Palestinian American, is also somebody of Muslim faith. I'm not gonna forget this. And I think a lot of people are not gonna forget this. And it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a threat. Okay, okay, right, she's, she's, she's going Wait, after Look, going? she has her point of view, right? And she's very pro-Palestine. And then you've got another woman who's very pro-Palestine. And I just want you to remember how she characterized 9-11. Because as we think about who's there, word today, word today that a retired U.S. diplomat is being accused of spying for Cuba, that's a pretty big deal. Well, here's, here's Ilhan Omar, who's in our government it, saying, you know, 9-11 was just some people did something. CARE was founded after 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something. Yeah, you could say that again. 
I don't even want to, I mean, it's, it's just a horrible, horrible thing to think about. Anyway, 46 minutes ago, this just crossing on the New York Times, retired U.S. diplomat Manuel Rocha accused of spying for Cuba. And apparently he worked all over Latin America. He was in Argentina. He was in Bolivia, former ambassador to Bolivia, allegedly secretly aiding Cuba's clandestine intelligence gathering mission. That's pretty alarming. I bring it up because so many people recently privately have reached out to me amid concerns about some of the people that are very outspoken in our government. And I think to myself, those are the people we know about, right? How many people have jobs that are not public jobs that are effectively that so-called deep state that you hear about that have their own biases and their own viewpoints that are not aligned with the United States of America? You look at what's going on in university campuses right now. We're graduating kids from the best schools, right? And they all go to work for letter agencies, shall we say. And you got to wonder how much they've been brainwashed in the process and whether they're really looking out for the interests of the United States of America. That's the concern. Again, these are just allegations, but federal prosecutors are saying that this retired State Department official who worked for decades as a secret agent for Cuba um, was told an FBI, undercover FBI agent, that the United States is the enemy. The saddest thing of all is I think that that is more prevalent than we'd ever want to believe. Guys, I love having you here. We're going to talk some more uh, tomorrow. Mike, good to see you back here. MJ, good to see you as well. Uh, Randy, thank you for the compliment. I always take a compliment. Listen, make sure that you've subscribed if you haven't. We're going to do this again tomorrow. We've got more clips coming out through the day, so do your part. If you could, share them, like them, spread the word. I'm here. And... We will reconvene tomorrow.